Praise the Lord. Amen. Are you guys ready for the word? Turn to the person next to you and say, word. I want the word on the street. Amen. What's the word on the street? That's, I'm showing my age now. That was like cool back in 1995, I think. I don't know. Who, who can agree with me? Remember, we used to walk around saying, what's the word on the street, brother? At one stage, I thought I was a rapper as well. It was a joke. <laughs> It was really, no, I promise you, it was so bad. It was so bad. But I tried. I tried. Eventually, uh, I realized I should go into singing, not rapping. <laughs> Amen. Are you allowed to have ch fun in church this morning? I just want to check. Are you allowed to? I don't know, because uh, Dom, I don't know, you don't look like you're having fun. Are you having fun? Awesome. Smile. Let me see. Yay! Everybody give Dom a big round of applause. Yes, you guys, we're going to take you for clapping lessons, eh? Huh? I think we need to get, like, audience training, get a, a DVD up here, and get people doing, like, response, response lessons in the church. Amen? Amen? Sure. You see what I mean? See what I mean? How, many, how long have you guys been going to church? Who's been going to church for longer than five years? Who's been saved for longer than 10 years? 20 years? Sure, guys, these responses should be flowing with so much ease. You know what I'm saying? God is good. I say God is good. <laughs> awesome, man. God is good. This morning, we're going to go into, remember what we were talking about last week? We were saying, we've got to be sure that when we come over into the new year, that we understand we are not paganists. We are not uh, uh, um, uh, people who believe in uh, the calendar changing so my fortune changes. Amen? We are not people who believe in fate. We are people who walk led by the Holy Spirit and we live in faith. Not by fate, but by faith. Amen? But we see in the church today that, you know, when the calendar year takes over, and it goes from the 31st to the 1st, all of a sudden, believers begin to act like people in the world. Believers uh, around at, at the work or the family or whatever, they hear all the New Year's resolutions and all the new goals and, and the milestones that have to be reached for the year, and what happens is they get rattled, and they go on a search for the stuff to make 2023 a richer year than 2022, and they fall into the pattern of this world. That's what we were talking about last week. Amen? The Bible says to us in Romans 12 verse 2, do not be conformed to the ways of this world. In other words, do not step down from the view, from the perspective of glory that's inside you because you are a child of God. Did you know that the glory of God is simply His view, His perspective of life? <clears throat> And he says, if you step down from his view and you, you couple yourself with the world and you change for their view, you are conforming to the ways of unbelievers. Amen? It is so important that we carry his glory. And we can only carry his glory in our perspective. The way we think, the way we see. Is our worldview the same as Christ's? Or is our worldview blurred and filtered by what we are feeling or what we are seeing? Are you with me, family? Hello? 
Come on, we're going to get a little bit uh, uh, tougher this morning because we're actually going to show you how a Christian is supposed to set resolutions. Are you guys, are you guys interested in that? Are you? You sure? Oh, you're not convincing me. Are you interested? Sure. Sounds like we've got a lot of amputees in the room. It's like they're missing. They've got one hand and one stump and they're missing. I said, do you guys want to know? What God says you have for the new year, how to get into your promise for the new year. Amen. That's a little bit better. Thank you, Jesus. My brothers and sisters are waking up. <clears throat> so an unbeliever or somebody who is not in faith, okay, what they do is, the natural thing to do is they take stock of the year. They look at all the time wasted. They look at all the lack they look at the underperformance, and they look at the results, and they say, well, you know what? 2022 sucked, but 2023 is going to be better. It's going to be richer. Why? Because like I said last week, you're going to run out and get the body. You're going to run out, and you're going to get the car. You're going to run out, and you're going to get the job that pays you more. You're going to do this, and you're going to do that. I'm going to save more money. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to eat less. I'm going to weigh less. And you know what happens? The starting point of that resolution is already the ending point. Because anything that's of the flesh will die in the flesh. It does not have God's grace on it. It does not have God's momentum on it. Let's take, for instance, the vision to save money for the year. So what do we do? Out of lack, we take stock of the year. We take stock of how badly we worked with our money. And then out of lack, we say to ourselves, 2023, I'm going to do this better. <clears throat> we sign up for financial courses. We go and buy two or three books on how to work with our money. We go to... Uh, uh, um, conferences. We do all these things. Now, none of those things are bad. Those things are always good. Turn to the person next to you and say, they're always good. <clears throat> knowledge is always good. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. But the problem is, March comes, you've been saving for January, February, April's year, and all of a sudden, you see your best friend is upgraded to the new iPhone 5000 or whatever it is. I don't know. The thing changes so quick. I don't even know what we're on now. What are we on now? iPhone? Are you a Samsung girl? Yeah? iPhone 14. Sure. Man, and you've done all the courses. You've gone to the conferences. You know exactly how to do it now. You've even opened up new bank accounts. This will be this, and this will go here, and this is the savings account. But you haven't dealt with the bad belief in your heart. Woo! And the moment the temptation comes, yes, I've got to get that new iPhone. I saw Dwayne had a new iPhone last week. I've got to get that thing. And then we start convincing ourselves, you know, I can't actually do my work without that phone. And you know, phone calls, when I, when I phoned him and he phoned me, I could hear him so clearly. It must be. And you know what? God wants good things for me. So guess what? I'm actually just, I'm going to stop the saving for a while. I'm going to get the offer and then I'll start again. 
How many guys know what I'm talking about? You see, we don't set resolutions from the flesh, fam. If you want to have a better 2023, you need to go into your heart with the Holy Spirit and you need to say, Holy Spirit, please help me identify what my bad belief system is. Holy Spirit, will you please help me identify why I have this pattern in my life? Holy Spirit, will you please help me identify why I'm stuck in the same cycle? How many of you guys know you see people who are, who are now single and in 2023 they're going to find a partner? Because 22, 22's partner wasn't such a great guy. But when they get to 23, they've got a completely new looking partner. But he's just different looking. He's the same guy. Hello? The only thing that's changed from last year's partner is his looks. But he's got the same loser mentality. He's got the same loser vision. He's got the same, oh, I don't really need to go to church. Let's just, let's just hang out together, you know. Let's just get close. Are you with me? How many, how many, la how many lady, lady friends do we know in this, just amongst ourselves, that always have the cycle of picking the same guy? So I want to tell you something, guys. If you want to set resolutions in your flesh like the world, go for it. But guess what? You're going to break your heart and you're going to damage your soul. And you're going to shipwreck your faith. And you're going to get to a place where you're like, damn it, nothing ever changes. What is wrong with me? Why has everybody else got God's favor and I don't? Is there something wrong with me, Lord? Hello? Before you change anything on the external, get into your heart with the Holy Spirit and do the labor in your heart. There is a pattern. There is a belief. You know, we get wrong beliefs. We get bad beliefs. We get limiting beliefs. And if these things are holding us down, it doesn't matter what you change on the outside, all the opportunities are going to land up in the same result. How many of you guys are so frustrated because you always self-sabotage every opportunity that comes your way? Don't have to put up your hand. But how, you guys understand what I'm talking about? Have you seen it in people's lives, loved ones, brothers, sisters, cousins, friends? That opportunity after opportunity will arise. It'll, it'll come upon them. But they always self-sabotage. Now, it doesn't matter. It does not matter how much you pray. It does not matter how much you've read the Bible. If you haven't put off the old belief that's holding you and limiting you, nothing's going to change in 2023. You will be the same old dude that you were last year. We have to do the work. You see, God says in Hebrews 4, he says, be careful. Be careful that you do not enter into my rest. He says that we must labor to enter into the rest. What is the labor that he's talking about? <clears throat> Acquiring the knowledge, acquiring the scriptures, going to Bible school, doing all those things, that's fine. That stuff's good. That stuff is edifying you and it's equipping you. 
But you need to get down into that dirty little place over there, and you need to do that sticky, icky heart work that you don't want to face. You need to have the courage to go in there and face that thing that's holding you back. Turn to the person next to you and say, man, if there's anything I want to do new in this year, was that too much for you guys? If there's anything I want to do new in this year, is I want to have the courage to fix the things that I acted like weren't there last year. To fix the things that I acted like weren't there last year. Amen? Okay, this, this is a bit hectic, eh? <laughs> Are you guys with me? Am I making this up? Or is it in the Bible? Because as far as I know, in the Bible it says that um, you will live in houses that you didn't build. I never said that. You got a problem with that? Take it up with the complaints department. He said that you will eat from vineyards that you never planted. I never said that. He said you will drink from wells that you didn't even put a, sh a shovel in the ground to dig. Apostasy, well, that sounds crazy. I mean, how's that going to happen? I've got to do my part. I've got to do my part. Yes, do your part. What is your part? Your part is harmonizing with the part that's already been taken care of. Because this is not about what you can do. This is about what Jesus has completed and what Jesus has made available for you. Do the scriptures not say that every prayer is yes and amen? Am I making it up? You better go read your Bible. Because I could be just telling you good things to, you know, scratch your itchy ears and make you feel good for the rest of the week and try and motivate you so that you have a better week. If it's not coming from the Bible, the Bible says that every prayer is yes and amen. Why? How could it be? Lord, if every prayer is yes and amen, why am I not experiencing the promise in my life? Have you asked yourself that question? Have you ever taken the time to stop and say, you know what? It's not actually the devil. I'm going to stop blaming that dude. It's not my mother-in-law. It's not my boss's fault. It's not my wife's fault. It's not my husband's fault. It's me. There's a belief problem in my heart. And I need to take that limiting bad belief out of my heart. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 22, 23, and 24, it says that you must put off the old man and you must put on the new man. If you don't do that in your heart personally, you won't enter into the rest. Do you know that God was... He didn't have a good relationship with the guys in the desert. How many of you guys know that? How many of you guys know that the Israelites, the Jewish nation was started with Abraham. Anyone remember that? He started with Abraham. God was the one that led them into, into Egypt. Because up until Isaac, the, the, the promises given to Abraham, uh, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were that if you walk with me, you will be blameless. I will be your exceedingly great reward, and you will prosper. And let me tell you something. There were no richer, no wiser, 
And I'm talking about material riches. People in the land besides Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these guys were cooking on all levels. They had all the wisdom they need. They had all the money they need. They had all the livestock. They had all the blessings. They were walking in it. God led them into Egypt. And they were doing so well as the Israel nation that Pharaoh was the one who turned around and said, hold on a second, these Jews are going to take over this place. These Jews are doing too well. And the second Pharaoh, the one after, after they had come in with, he changed his mind. He changed his heart towards the Jews. Sounds like, sounds like Hitler. When the Jews were doing so well in Europe. Amen? Sounds like the same old story. Repetitive, eh? Because the people don't, they don't listen. But anyway, so God says, I'm going to take you out of that world, of that system. Egypt is a type of the world system. Because in that system, you've been fed, you have military, you have safety, you have everything that the system is now providing. And he says, I'm taking you out of that place, and I'm taking you into the desert. In the desert, there is no system, there is no government, there is no financial uh, uh, JSE, stock exchange, there is no medical uh, um, ministry, there's no medical aid. There is nothing in this place. Just me. And I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you my ways. And if I can show you my ways, he's saying, the way I think, my logic. If you can put on my logic, that is a logic that is separate from a system, a earthly, worldly system, I'm going to show you how to flourish with the connection just through my perspective, how I think and how I see. Let's go to Hebrews 3, 9 and 10. Well, let's pick it up at 9 and we'll see what God says here. He's speaking about the Israelites. Where your, where your ancestors were tested and tried, Tried, where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. For 40 years, God tried to get these guys out of a mentality of the system makes me safe. The system will provide. The system will keep me healthy. God was trying to show them, get out of this thing. There is another way of doing this. Amen? That is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray. They have not known my ways. Why was God angry with them? Because they never took the time to learn his ways. God's ways are not the same as the system out there. God's ways are totally separate from all of that stuff that you have given your heart over to for the last 20, 30, 40 years. Being a man of God or a woman of God is very uncomfortable because he's saying, I'm calling you out of the comfort zone of that place. That's not actually as comfortable as you think it is. It's actually a false sense of comfort. I'm calling you to another way, my way, to carry my glory. What is his glory? 
It's not just His glory like you get told in all these Pentecostal churches. The glory of God has fallen on us. Yes, His glory is His presence. But when you go study out the word glory, it says His perspective and His view. He never said that He was angry with them because they never wanted His presence. They did want His presence. They asked for His presence. They just didn't want His ways. Hello? They wanted to stay in their comfortable little mindset. I'll take God when I need Him. I'll be lovey-dovey, whisper sweet nothings in His ears during the worship service. But when the Word begins, gee whiz, I'm not going to be challenged by that Word. I'm not going to take that Word and change this belief. No ways, it's too comfortable. No ways, I've been walking like this for 20 years. Well, then you have your reward. Then you have your promise. You will live limited. You will live tormented in your own soul by your own belief because you do not trust God to help you go to the next level of life. Are you with me? Are you with me, folks? Turn to the person next to you and say, sure, I've got to check what I believe. You see, this is a finished work, folks. This is a finished work. Nine out of, you know what, Jess said something. She said, you'll never get the word anywhere else that you get you. I can tell you that right now. I'm telling you. Because you know why? You know why? They have a mixed belief. They believe half of it is done by Jesus and the other half has to be done by you. That's not what that promise is. That promise says, you will drink from wells you never dug. Did they miss it somewhere? Which part of that says you got to do, you know what your, your part is? The disciples came to Jesus and they said, what is the work that we must do? And Jesus turned to me and said, believe in the one whom he sent. See, because out there you're going to get the message of God is good and God is great and God will help you, but you, God will only help you if you help yourself, brother. I never knew George Washington had a book in the Bible. Because that statement comes from George Washington, doesn't come from Jesus. You see, the belief system out there is they sell you hope. They never put you in faith. There's a big difference between being in hope and being in faith. You'll go into the service on a Sunday and they'll say, come on, you can do it. Make your, make your uh, 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 resolutions. Get the knowledge. Get the power. Just get yourself right. Change yourself. Get it. You can get it. You can get it. Go get it. Name it. Claim it. Frame it. It's yours. And they hop you up. But they forget to explain that it's already been done. One for one. The first Adam messed it up, the second Adam, Adam fixed it up. And his work is finished. So why? So why, Pastor Diddy, am I not experiencing the promises? Why? It's like I have these mirages in my life. You guys know what a mirage is, right? And I can't get it. I just can't grab onto the stuff. You know why? Because everything you need is already inside you because of the finished work of Jesus, because of your new identity of who you are in Christ. 
you, haven't, you just don't have access to what's inside you because your belief system is wrong. You're still waiting for God to move. Oh, God's moving this weekend. Pastor Diddy has uh, got a new band coming in all the way from Brazil or whatever. And God's going to move. God moved, man. God moved long ago. God finished his work. He ain't sending Jesus to save you again. He ain't sending Jesus to redeem you again. You are redeemed. It's done. Will you please just believe it? How many sermons must you hear before you'll believe it? The problem is the sermons you're getting taught are wrong. That's the problem here. So everything is there. Because you know the promise, the Holy Spirit is the promise. He's inside you. Second Peter 5 verse 8 says, all things pertaining to life and godliness are already inside you. What are you looking for out there? Why are you asking God to move out there? You need to just change some beliefs and harmonize with who's in here. And you will begin to take what is already yours. This is better than me telling you. This is a promise. This promise is even better than the message that God will move for you. Because I'm telling you, God has already moved for you. He's already given you the promise. Now all you need to do is just line up your thinking and your believing. Take it. It's yours. Take it. It's yours. Let's have a look at some, some examples of bad beliefs, wrong beliefs. What is a bad belief? A bad belief is when you walk around with a mindset or the belief in your heart. It says, I just wrote some down here. I've sinned so bad in this particular area of my life. Let's say I was promiscuous. And now I'm battling in my marriage. But I sinned so bad in my previous life. I'll never enter into a beautiful, a fruitful marriage. That's a bad belief. That bad belief will stop you from enjoying what Jesus has paid for you to have. But you need to go and do the heart labor. You need to go and take out the old and the bad, and you need to put in the new and the good, the promise of God. What is a wrong belief? A wrong belief is, um, you know what, to be a tr true man of God, I must be poor, because a poor man is a humble man. How many of you guys know that that belief is going to block you? That belief is going to limit you. But that was taught for hundreds of years in the church. There's still guys walking around today, putting themselves in the desert. God, God's brought Jesus. You don't have to be in the desert anymore. Why are you putting yourself in the desert to be humble? Jesus has come. Hello? The Holy Spirit's in you. The promise has arrived. Are you guys with me? Hello? It's quite challenging this morning, I know, but we, we want to set proper resolutions for this year. If we, can help you, if we can help you change one limiting belief in your heart this year, if we can just help you with one, you will have the tools to go and change all of them. And I promise you now, 2023 will it won't even be in comparison to 2022. You will live such a rich, fulfilling life 
if you will just do this God's way. Amen? Limiting beliefs. What limits us? What's a limiting belief? Insecurities. Low self-worth. Amen? Insecurities, low self-worth. I know I'm called to lead and to speak in the church. I know I'm called to sing in the band. But will people like my voice? I know I'm called to preach to the nations. But I've got a lisp. Got a lisp. Are you listening to me? <laughs> that is a limiting belief. If God's put the gift in you, God's put his ability on you, and he's anointed you, and he's leading and he's guiding you, don't you dare limit what he is doing. Because you look at your flesh. I'm not as good looking as Pastor Diddy. How can I stand on the stage? Get over it. I had to throw that one in there. Are you guys with me? Hello? We're talking real stuff here. This is the gospel, folks. You see, if you can just win one of these battles in your heart, if you can just change one, I promise you, you will start to eat off that vine of grapes that you never, ever planted. Somebody planted it for you. It's all in your identity. Where's your identity today? It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the sinless one. Jesus is the prince of peace. You see, when you start to eat of that vine, when you change that one thing, it could be a money issue, it could be a relationship issue, it could be whatever it is, the limiting belief, if you just change the one thing, it's a catalyst. Because the moment you enter into the rest, you see, he says labor to enter into rest. The world is trying to achieve rest. The world is trying to hold on to rest. The world is trying to build rest. The world is trying in their own strength to manufacture rest. God's promise is, if you step out of the old man and the old beliefs, and you step into your new identity in Jesus, and you begin to experience His peace, His view, His perspective, how He feels about Himself, the sinless righteous one, and you take that identity on you by faith, Hello? By faith, you will never be like him in your flesh. You will never be perfect. You are not the prince of peace. Not some special anointing is going to change that. You are a fallen human being, and the Bible says only until the day you receive your redeemed body will you be in perfection. But right now, you've got to do it by faith. You've got to believe the one came to fix the one's problem. You've got to believe the second Adam has made you good. Even when you see your weakness, your flaws, your limits, your bad beliefs, you have to rise above them in faith in Christ. 
You've got to experience this. You've got to experience this. Otherwise, you're just going to stay in the same place for the next 20 years. Have the same problems. And you're going to have heart issues year upon year. It's going to get more frustrating. Because the same thing's nagging you since 1975. Jeez. That was long ago. That's longer. I should have said 1995. But are you with me? If you can exchange your mind for the mind of Christ, what did he say? Why was he angry with him? Because they didn't want to know his ways. Let's go to Hebrews 4 verse 1. It says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Be careful of not entering into his rest. The moment that you get reborn, what's the very first thing you're supposed to do? According to Hebrews 6, what is it that you're supposed to do? You're supposed to repent from dead works and gain faith unto God. What is dead works? Dead works is you digging your own well, you planting your own grapes, you building your own little homes. Dead works is the work of the brow, the sweat of the brow. Dead works is, good example is Cain. All he had to do was bring the bull, shed the blood, the shadow and type of Jesus. But what did he do? He must have went to a Portuguese church, I don't know. Maybe he had a Portuguese pastor. I don't know. Sorry, Zeza. But he came to God with fruit and veg. Why do you think they call it rebel fruit and veg? <laughs> Instead of just bringing the bull, slugging it, let the blood flow, that was the only thing that could heal, save. God only worked to the blood because he was preparing them for the blood of the second Adam to come. He wanted to show them that you can't do anything. You are depraved in your state. I'm sending one who's going to give you a new state. And it's by his blood you will enter in. So the world is trying to hold on to rest, create rest, do you know what the Bible says? Listen to those words, guys. He says, enter in. Don't, don't just taste it. Don't just try and test it. He's saying, if you change the beliefs in your heart, you're actually going to enter in to a place, a state of mind, a state of heart, where there will be perpetual rest. Are you with me? Do you want to enter in? And when he speaks of entering in, he's talking about entering into the mind of Christ. When God goes, when Jesus goes through and he sees the storms, when he's walking on this earth, he sees the storm, does he get nervous? Does he start throwing things off the boat because the boat's going to uh, sink? No. 
in his mind. He knows who he is. He has identity. He speaks with authority, and he calms the storm. When you come into a storm, you're supposed to come into the storm thinking like Jesus thinks, believing I am a new man in Jesus. When I speak, it's the same as Jesus speaking. You're supposed to experience Jesus in every situation. Then you will enter into him and experience the rest that he feels. How many guys want to experience Christ's rest? That's the promise. But it doesn't just come from clapping hands and singing songs. It comes from raw, robust believing in your heart that it's already done. It's a finished work. Now I'm climbing in. I'm entering in. Did you know the word for rest is nuach? And it speaks about how the anointing of God rested on the Messiah. Did you know the name of Noah means rest giver? Did you know when the boat, when the ark rested on Mount Ararat? It's all the same word. If you climbed into the ark at that time, you would enter into the rest that was prepared. They didn't have to do anything. Noah's family and the animals just had to enter in. Enter in. Doesn't matter the storm. Doesn't matter the floods. Doesn't matter the conditions. Doesn't matter the government. Doesn't matter the pandemics. Doesn't matter anything. Enter in. And if you're in there, the protection is done. The peace is there. The trip is paid for. The ark knows where it's going. You don't have to worry, are you going to get to your destination? Just enter in. Amen? Turn to a person next to you and say, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my beliefs. I'm tired of letting myself down. I'm going to take what is mine. So right now, I know it's, we're slightly over, but I want to do this with you because for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to show you. We're going to actually break down the mechanisms of changing the heart beliefs. And the next three or four weeks, you're going to have changed the heart belief and you're going to have tasted that rest. And I'm telling you now, you're going to come back for more. Are you with me? So right now, yes, give him a round of applause. You'll be surprised. You know, the Bible says that guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows forth the issues of life. That word issue means boundary, means limitation. Amen? We're going to take the limitations off of our hearts. Amen? So close your eyes right now. Get your cell phone out first before you close your eyes. Don't put your hand in someone else's bag. I want you to take two minutes. No, wait, let's, let's make it five minutes. Are we okay? Five minutes. No one's in a hurry. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, close your eyes, meditate with Him right now. I want you to ask Him to highlight to you either a bad belief, a wrong belief, or a limiting belief. That thing that's been frustrating you, that thing that never changes, that pattern that's been holding you, that cycle that has been reoccurring in your life. Ask him to highlight to you what is the thing 
that is keeping you stuck, blocked, limited. I want you to find three things if you can. Three things. Three things that you recognize, you repeat over and over again. When you've got them, I want you to write them down or put them down on your cell phone. Just record them on there. frustration in your life? What is that thing that keeps stealing from you in your life? Could be smoking. Could be a bad money habit. You can't seem to keep a job. Can't seem to get a job. Dating. What is that thing or those things? You need to recognize them now and write them down. unforgiveness that you can't get rid of. It could be racism, feelings of racism that you've been brought up in and you can't drop it. It could be anger. Let the Holy Spirit show you. We can't stay stuck. Please do the work. Please do the work. Please value yourself to do this. Please be courageous enough to look deep into your heart. everyone got it? Has everyone got their, either their wrong belief, their bad belief, or their limited belief? Okay. You can do some homework now, okay? Next week, 
We're going to take you through the motions. But this week, during the week, I need you to write them down, and then I need you to go and find a promise that counteracts that, that, that very belief. Okay? And I want you to meditate on that promise for that belief the whole week. Don't go read your Bible. Don't go and read 10 chapters this week. Do nothing. This is all you do this week. You meditate on the promise. You meditate on the correct belief for that bad belief. Are you with me? I do not want you to read your Bible. I don't, do not want you to go and study out anything else. I want you to focus on this very thing. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to, do you know the word meditate means to self-talk. It means to mutter. So you self-talk underneath in your breath. You speak that thing. You speak that promise over that bad belief. I want you to do that the whole week. And next week when you come, we're going to show you the heart mechanics of how to do the exchange. Do you love yourself? Do you value yourself? Do you value yourself enough to get out of whatever it is that's holding you down? Listen, if anyone has to stand up here and encourage you to love yourself, then we've got to go and do other belief situations here. Are you with me? You need to value yourself, folks. Amen. Close your eyes, everybody. We're going to show you once and for all this year how to do resolutions, set goals, the way Christians are supposed to do it, the way a believer is supposed to do it, the way the Holy Spirit-led child of God is supposed to do it. Not like the world. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for your precious children here this morning. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that they have opened up their hearts and they are courageous enough to trust you with the surgery that's about to take place in their hearts over the next week. I, I know that you will be close to them the more that they meditate on you, meditate on your promises. I know that you will encourage them, you will lead them, you are their paraclete. You are their helper. I know that you will be one with them in all of this work that's going to be done this week. Strengthen them in their inner man, Holy Spirit. Prepare them to enter into the rest that you have provided. In Jesus' mighty name. I declare 2023 the year of perfect peace for every heart in this room. I declare every limitation will be broken. Every bad belief will be corrected. Every wrong belief will be changed according to your word, not according to man's strength or the promises of the system. We know your ways, and this week we begin to practice your ways by faith in Jesus' mighty name. And all those who believe they are set free, they, give, they gave God a big shout of praise. Come on. You know, just a good example. I met, I met somebody a couple of years ago who came to me and said, Pastor, I just can't drop smoking. I've tried it. Yes. We took him through some, some heart beliefs. You know what the heart belief that was stopping him from smoking? Somebody told him, somewhere down the line, I think it was his parents or whatever, they believed this, and they always used to walk around the house saying, 
his mom used to walk around now saying, if she stops smoking, she's going to put on weight. He took that, he wrote it in his heart. And every time he tried, because he, he battled a little bit with weight, every time he tried to stop, that same belief came up and caused him to go into fear of becoming overweight and he would pick up the cigarette to solve his problem. God changed that one thought, that one belief. He stopped smoking with absolute ease, effortless success. Because that's what Jesus paid for you to have. Amen? Come on, let's walk in it, man. Somebody paid for it. Come on, let's enjoy it. Amen? Come on, one more big round of applause for God. Praise the Lord. Anyone like to share something? Add something? You encouraged? You want to blurt it out there? Anyone? Awesome. You full? Lekker. Nice three-course meal served there. Now you can go home and you can enjoy lunch. <laughs> if you really have those experiences in church, you won't even eat when you get home. That's how full you'll be by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Now they say, now you're testing a belief, Pastor Didi. <laughs> Gerald's like, I'm going to go eat now. <laughs> awesome. Guys, have an amazing week. Stay blessed. Bring family and friends. Let's teach them how to do this properly. Let's teach them how to unlock these beliefs so they can have an awesome 2023. Actually, can I end with a scripture? Do you want to enter into rest? Let's go to Psalm 23. Look at the promises here. Let's end, let's end off with this. Talking about entering into rest. Amen? Psalm 23, verse 1. Here we go. Thank you, Dalron. Give him a round of applause. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lay down in green pastures, rest. He leads me beside quiet waters, peace. He refreshes my soul, vision, energy, life. He guides me along the right paths for, my name's, for His name's sake, vision, direction. Keep going. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff, talking about correcting, amen, directing, beliefs, not behavior, beliefs. Behavior change when the beliefs change, amen. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, provision in the midst of the enemy. While they're all running around trying to find peace, you feasting. Isn't that nice? What a promise. You anoint, you anoint, you anoint my head with oil. Grace flows, favor flows in your life. That's a promise from God. Okay? My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And here we go. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Enter in forever. Amen. You better go now before I carry on, guys. <laughs> Come on, give the person next to you a big hug, a big kiss, and say, see you next week with your new belief ready to be changed.